that is, you know, one of the dangers of social media. It's that we get on and we see everybody living their perfect lives with their perfect skin and their perfect everything. And we're like, why, why do I not have that? Like, Mm -hmm. why is that not there? But that is not realistic. And that's also not what's going on. Like there is not one person that has this perfect life where every day they get up and everything goes their way. That's just, it's so unrealistic to have that expectation. And like, like you said, I don't go to my friends and I'm like, have you had a great day? Because you should be having a great day every day. <laughs> like, like a freaking crazy person. And, <laughs> but I do that to myself. You know, I don't want to wallow in my feelings where, you know, I'm like, I have no control over my life. And this is this, like, things happen and you're, you have to process that in whatever way you process that. But there is always a better day to come. That's how I, I like to think of it. Like I'm grateful for, you know, what I have. And I'm also grateful for the blessings that are on their way to me. What gets us through this crazy hockey journey is our amazing community of women. Inspired by our online network, Breaking the Ice is a platform created to connect us even more as we share our stories, our passions, our tips, tricks, do's and don'ts for all things hockey, and so much more. For hockey expats, buy hockey expats. So lace them up and tune in for a new episode every Wednesday. I never know how to start these podcasts. I always want to mix up what I say, but I always wind up just starting off with, welcome back to the podcast. Happy Wednesday. (laughs) Here we are again. Today, I have Clarity joining me on the podcast, and we actually recorded this episode way back in November, and I'm excited that it is finally out in, I guess it's, when this comes out, it'll be February, which is insane. I just cannot believe how fast time is flying, which is really weird because I feel like it's also going by painfully slow. I don't know if anybody else can relate to that. It seems like the days are so long, but the weeks are so quick. Like I can't believe another week has already passed. We are obviously still here in lockdown, so I don't have a ton of great things to add to this intro today, but I just wanted to introduce my guest. We talked about a variety of different things. Um, We talked about what it's like trying to find a job, working during the hockey season and some of the difficulties and challenges that can come with that when you're moving around all the time. We talk about mental health and how to kind of end that stigma around going to therapy and, you know, making those changes in your life, like even little changes that she does every single morning that kind of just set up her day for success that I really loved We talk about social media, how that's such a highlight reel. I think that we all can say that we get into that comparison mode sometimes and how it's hard not to. You know, you see all of the good things going on and sometimes when you're feeling that way, you have to take a step back and just know that that's not always realistic like you heard in the intro. Clarity is an American and her fiance is a Canadian and we talk a little bit about what that was like at the end of last hockey season because they had to get into Canada really quickly before they closed the borders. And then after her, I believe it's 90 days or however long was up, she had to go back to America and they hadn't seen each other for several months. And I know a lot of you guys can relate to that. That's really, really challenging in this year, um, being in a relationship where you're from a different country and dealing with borders. 
I think even if you're married, people are having issues with that. And also just not being able to see each other's families, wherever you might be residing, like your family, if you're living in America and you're, maybe your husband lives in Canada, then they're, his parents can't come into America. It's just such a cluster F. And not to mention, I've been reading on the expat group about everything that's going on with Canada right now and some of the regulations that are going into effect. And I'm just want to scream for you guys because I know how hard of a year this is. And I know so many of us play in Europe and then so many of us play in the U.S. So wherever you're listening from, Europe ends earlier than the U.S., but probably not this year because then there was the change and the pushback between the U.S. leagues. Um, However, the European hockey season is almost over, meaning that we're all like anticipating going home, really looking forward to it after this year. And then for all the Canadians, now you guys have to deal with the stress of getting into Canada, which I just can't even imagine. And possibly like with the ESA thing, it's just like one thing after the other. So I'm just sending my love to you guys. I feel like I've said this a million times, hang in there. You have every right to feel upset about that. safe to say that we're all just so, so tired of all of this. So I hope that this episode is just like a little escape for you in your week. And I am interested to see what happens. Um, You know, I hope that with the regulations in Canada that you guys are kind of exempt from it because you were over here working. Um, But I'm curious to see what happens and obviously just hoping for the best for you guys. Well, welcome to the podcast. I'm excited to chat with you. I know. Thank you so much for having me. I followed you for a while and it's just so cool to see how you've grown the podcast and just connected this whole world. It's so awesome. I'm so excited to be here. Oh, thank you so much. And it's funny. I was totally creeping your Instagram last night. We have the same beauty mark. Did you know that? Really? Yeah. I have the same one in the same exact spot. This like Cindy Crawford one. Yes. That's amazing. Look at us. <laughs> I was like, mark oh my twins. gosh, I've never met anyone with this beauty mark. Oh, I know. It just feels like part of my face. And then, well, I mean, I guess physically it is, but people will say something <laughs> and I'm like, I completely forgot it was there. I've actually never met anyone who has it either. That's so cool. I know. And people always like compliment me on it. And it's like, oh, well, thanks, I guess. It's just like a mole, you know, but it's like, who else has it? I think Marilyn Monroe. Yep. Not to like does. toot our horns, but you know. <laughs> we're we're in good company. It's so funny yeah. because in middle school, I got made fun of for it so bad, like to the point where I'd go home crying. And it, now just in my daily life, I've, I never receive any like negative comments about it. People are always like, oh, it's so pretty. I'm like, thank you. <laughs> Wild That's to accept so it. I had to point that out to you before we started. <laughs> No, I love that. That's so cool. <laughs> well, how are you doing? How is everything in your world with COVID and whatnot? You know, it has been a, a very up and down ride. I would say, I think that just with everything, I mean, some days are easier than others. Um, my fiance and I, he's Canadian and I'm American. So um, my 
we quarantined together in Canada and then my six months was up. So I'm back in Colorado, which is where I've lived almost my whole life. And he's just been waiting for his visa to process, getting all our paperwork for our dog. So um, they move here at the end of November and we won't have seen each other for um, over three months, which I don't think we've ever gone more than two weeks without seeing each other. So it's a, uh, it's been an adjustment, but honestly, overall, I think that it's been good for me professionally and personally to grow in this challenging time. Um, but I would really, yeah, I'd li- I like for things to maybe go back to normal <laughs> anytime soon. Right. That, that's a completely fair statement to make. So where did you guys finish the season last year? So um, he was in uh, with the New York Rangers AHL team, which is in Hartford, Connecticut. They're the Hartford Wolfpack. Um, So they were there and it was really a bummer because they were going to the playoffs um, for the Calder Cup. So it's such, (laughs) everyone was so excited. And then it's just like, leave because the season is suspended. (laughs) Yeah. So were you living with him over there? Yeah, we've, um, we've lived together since really since four months of dating we just really jumped right in (laughs) (laughs) just going for it why not you know when you know you know honestly (laughs) yeah I because you were you mentioned that you guys got engaged after a year of dating um which that was like the first quote that came in my head when you know you know and it's funny because I think so many girls in this lifestyle like get that feeling and maybe not always like right away right but like within the first like couple of months you usually start to be like okay you know I think this is my my person <laughs> yeah I mean this is gonna sound so cheesy because it is but it's also really romantic um but like both of us from the first date knew that we had just met the person that we were going to marry and he actually said that um I don't know, maybe it was like two weeks after meeting me. He was like, I'm like, you're my future wife. And I was like, all right, get away from me, weirdo. (laughs) Red flag, just kidding. No, that's so sweet. (laughs) But now that like we've been together, he's even like, like he tells everybody, he's like, I knew from, he always says, he's like, when I saw you walking across the street, because I have like a really bouncy walk. I don't know what it is. (laughs) <laughs> but he's like, when I saw you just bouncing across the street, I knew that like you were the person I was going to spend the rest of my life with, which Aww. is not what I expected, like going into our first date. So <laughs> that's so cute. And where did you guys meet? Uh, we have a modern day millennial love story. We met on Instagram. <laughs> okay, there you go. <laughs> yeah, he slid into the DMs and uh, just with like something super cheesy. Um, and we just like, kind of started chatting from there and I really like I I thought you know maybe we'd just like go on a date and that would be it it'd just be like a little I I don't know a flash in the pan kind of thing and uh after our first date we definitely knew that it wasn't that but I mean we talked for like two weeks before I would meet up with him he asked me every day he's like when can I meet you when can I meet you and I'm like not until two weeks from now on Tuesday at 2 p.m. And on that Tuesday at 2 p.m. is the exact time that we had our first date. Cute. Well, he was persistent. He knew what he wanted. <laughs> Where, yeah, which was big for me. Where did you go to school? I went to Colorado State University. Okay. Because at, at first I thought you were Canadian because that's what Canadians call college, right? Like, because what you would just say... Oh, yeah. Colorado State. or We just say you, college. Yeah. 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 I feel like it sounds more distinguished when you say I went to university. 
Yeah. <laughs> so that's why I've adopted it. <laughs> yeah. So what are you up to now? Um, so right now I'm getting my master's degree um, in international security from the University of Arizona. Um, my program is all online thanks to COVID, but it honestly works out really well. Um, and then I kind of started getting into the social media management business just by chance because um, I have experience in, you know, acting and on-camera stuff. And I think that translates well into understanding social media content. Um, and so within like a month, I just, of, of getting back to the States, I just started up my own social media management business. So um, I'm doing that and uh, awesome. in graduate school and uh, I kind of got into modeling again on the side. So um, it's, it's honestly, it's been really busy, but I don't know what I would do if I wasn't super busy, especially with everything going on. So um, yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. So when do you, when is he getting out to Colorado? Um, they should be here the weekend um, of Thanksgiving. So I think like around November 29th. They're driving from um, Alberta, which is where he's from, and it's like a two-day drive, but in the winter and with a young child, aka our dog, um, <laughs> it might be three days. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you got to stop a little bit more with the dog, right? <laughs> yeah, she's like our little buddy. Like she sits when I'm not there, he lets her sit in the front, like passion passenger seat, and she looks like a little human. It's the oh, funniest thing. What kind of dog is she? She's like a Rottweiler shepherd mix, they told us. Um, we rescued her from a rescue up in Peace River, Alberta. We actually drove five hours um, to go get her. So ten it was a 10-hour drive day. Um, but she was like three months old. They had found her just um, on the side of the road. And no one would take her because like that, sometimes people don't want a dog that's three months. They want a dog that's right at that eight-week period. Mm, that's and, so strange because I feel like that's still so young. I I know. And it's just so, they told us, they were like, you know, people just don't want to put in the work. I'm like, she's three months old. She's still very young. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm like a huge advocate for rescue pets Um, just because I've grown up like working with uh, rescue organizations and volunteering and like all of our dogs are rescues. And then we have horses and I, um, I used to do equestrian vaulting. And so we'd volunteer at horse rescues. Um, and help kids with disabilities. So it was really rewarding. But um, yeah, I mean, to bring that back around, she was like the easiest dog ever. Like she just loves us. So she just, she doesn't go anywhere if she can't see us. It's really nice. <laughs> so she's like your quarantine baby. Oh, 100%. She is. We honestly, we got her within a week of being in quarantine and being back in Canada because <laughs> when they told us that the season was getting suspended, the border was also closing, which meant that I wasn't going to be able to get across. So we had to pack up our entire apartment in eight hours and drive through the night to get across the border to um, Ottawa. And the next day they closed the borders. I would love to like talk about that a little bit because I feel like I haven't really spoken to someone about the issues with the Canadian border. Did that just kind of start happening for you guys? Like, like, was that just like a total surprise and you had to like book it out of there and like, you just haven't been able to get back in? Yeah. Well, I mean, they had kind of, there was talk about, um, closing the border. Uh, but I mean, 
like Mason went to the rink that morning. Everything was fine. And then he comes back at 1 p.m. and he's like, yeah, we have to leave. Like we have to pack up all your stuff because the season is getting suspended and you're not going to be able to get across because they're closing the border tomorrow. So, um, and then it was like, I really wanted to see my family. I wanted to go home and visit, but I knew that if I left, I wasn't going to be able to get back in because, um, you know, being a fiance, it doesn't really count as like trying to reunite with an immediate family member. Technically, like under Canadian law, we're common law married. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, as long as I could show that we've lived together for, you know, more than a year, I could have tried to get back in, but I just, I didn't want to take the risk of traveling that much. So just riding out the six months and then kind of going from there. Um, but he needs his visa to stay in the, in the U S for an extended period of time. Otherwise he'd just be able to come for a visit. And since the season isn't starting until February, that was just not, not an option for a week. Mm -hmm. So, okay. So the season ended and then you guys went to Canada before the borders closed you stayed there for six months and then you came back to Colorado. Yeah. Yeah. So we left like the day that the season got suspended and then I left, um, right, right at the end of August and I've been here ever since. (laughs) Oh gosh. Well, I, I feel like I say this all the time, but I feel like that three month mark of not seeing your spouse is so brutal. Like that's just such a long time. It's just hard when you're in like different areas and you can't see each other and there's only so much like FaceTime can do. Right. But like, Thank God for that. (laughs) Yeah, honestly, I don't know how I would survive without FaceTime. And I think the hardest part was that we never mentally thought that we would ever have to do a significant period of long distance. And I mean, even when I left in August, I thought that, um, you know, things would kind of mellow out. Maybe the mandatory two-week quarantine back in Canada um, would lessen, I guess, or they'd get some kind of measure to make it easier to go back and forth. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we thought that the season would start like beginning of December. So mentally, I just wasn't ready for one month and then two months. And then, you know, we were just like, okay, we need to figure out how to get back together because this Mm -hmm. is too much. (laughs) My husband and I were talking about how they were saying at the very beginning, like back in March, two weeks to flatten the curve. And then all of a sudden we're like, oh, it'll be over by Easter. It'll be over by the 4th of July. It'll be, and I'm like, how much longer is this going to happen? (laughs) And even now with having like a start date of February, it's like, okay, is February going to happen? Like what's, what is really going to happen here? Mm. And February is so late. Like, how are they reducing the games? Do you know? We like the haven't amount of games? heard. Yeah, we haven't heard anything because obviously that really affects guys' contracts. I mean, if you think about it, people will have been without salaries for almost a year. Yeah, and that's, that's what I was gonna say. Yeah, no one prepares for that. So we haven't heard anything. You know, like Mason's agent, he's just letting us know um, as we find out. But uh, as far as games or how long the season is going to go we have no knowledge as of right now are they able to collect government pay Um, i know it's in the u.s and he's canadian so i'm not sure how that works yeah so unfortunately because i mean canada's relief program for covid unemployment has been 
it's like, it's unbelievable. Like how, I mean, people have obviously taken advantage of the system, um, just fall, like making people up because they don't have enough manpower to check every application. But because he um, files taxes in the U.S., he doesn't qualify for um, the relief program. So he did not get any government money. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, that's why I was like, okay, I need, I need to start something because, you know, working for somebody and being an employee, my mindset just really isn't there. I, I need to work for myself and I have the discipline to work for myself. So I was like, what can I do in a quick period of time that I can just get it off the ground? running. Um, so, I mean, I'm grateful for that because it's showed me how to run a business in a short period of time, but I did not expect that. Yeah. Well, so to backtrack a little bit, um, when you guys first started dating and you guys moved in together, you mentioned how you put your career on hold and how you were always a pretty career oriented person. So I'd love to hear just a little bit more about that and what that was like. Yeah. So um, when I graduated from university, I was working as um, a law clerk at a law firm in Denver and I really liked it. I also thought that I would want to go to law school, um, you know, a year or two after graduating. Um, and I loved working there, but it wasn't work that I was passionate about. Um, and then, you know, we had been together for three, four months and the season was ending and he was obviously going back to Canada and it was kind of a moment for us like, okay, are we just going to fizzle out or are we going to move together and, you know, see how serious this relation relationship becomes? Um, so obviously I, we decided to move together and I came with him to Canada, um, but I couldn't legally work in Canada. So I left my job at the law firm um, and I just was kind of like floating aimlessly. I didn't really know what I wanted to do um, with my life at that point after realizing that I didn't want to go to law school. Um, I was doing, you know, like some lead generation for e-commerce companies and things like that, but it wasn't something where I was like, I love this. Like I really found what I liked. And um, during that period, I was also really, really struggling. Um, with my self-confidence and just, um, some mental health, um, issues. And so I, I felt like I was honestly kind of spiraling because I was like, well, I've given up my career and now, you know, I'm not doing anything and I just have no purpose in my life. And, um, so that summer was a really big struggle for me just mentally and emotionally. And when we got back to Connecticut, well, when we went to Connecticut, you know, I didn't have any, employment connections. So I was basically starting from ground zero because I didn't have a, a reputation there. I didn't have anything. And so, you know, I, I struggled to find there, there honestly are not a lot of job opportunities in Hartford. So I was struggling to get back, you know, in a law firm or, you know, in a government position. But I think as a hockey wife, it's difficult because I mean, there's like an eight month period where you can work there. It's not like you can, unless, I mean, unless mm -hmm. you're going to stay there, but I'm not going to stay in Connecticut. So it was hard to go to companies and be like, I'll be an incredible employee for, you know, <laughs> six months and then I will leave. And yeah. I don't know if I'll come back, but so that's why you should hire me. So I really struggled um, in that I worked at another law firm and thankfully I was able to work for that law firm remotely all summer. Um, but it just showed me that like, I don't necessarily have the employee mindset. Um, and I'd rather kind of take 
more risks with my career, but um, I knew that I wanted to go back to school at some point, but I think it's really hard when, you know, you're 21 graduating from college and you have to have your entire life figured out. You're navigating friendships and relationships and careers, and it just gets to be a lot of pressure on somebody. I don't know about you, but like when I was younger, I always when I would hear people were 20, I always thought they would have everything figured out. And then it's like 30, they have everything figured out. And 40, they have everything figured out. But it's like the older I get, like you realize that like, that's actually not true. That's just a perception that you have in your head that everything has to be, you know, a certain type of way. You have to have your career path. And sometimes it just takes time to really learn what you want to do and figure yourself out. And Yeah, I think like what you're saying is super relatable because it is hard to, when you're moving around a lot, to get jobs. And I think a lot of us wind up telling these white lies, you know, that's like, oh yeah, like I'm going to be here forever. And then you have to quit. And it's like, it's this, you keep doing that. And so it's hard. Right. Yeah. It's a really, it's kind of like a hard, um, I don't know, circle, I guess, because, you know, I talked to my mom about it and she'd be like, you know, in the end, like employers really don't have your best interest in mind. So it's okay for you to say that little white lie. But I like, I can't lie. I just, I don't have a good poker face. I have a very (laughs) guilty conscience. And so I'm unable to do that. So every time I'd get, you know, interviewed and they'd like me and I'd be like, oh, and you know, the caveat is that I will only be here for a limited period of time. And I think it's yeah. like a lot of the girls that I've met have really struggled with that because, you know, they want to have their own career or, or at least, you know, a job or a side gig that they really like doing. And it's so hard to find that when you're not locked into a physical location. Yeah. It's just like an awkward situation, especially because like, if you are upfront and honest about it, like chances are they're going to be like, okay, well, like if these two people are in the same category and I like them both, like, who am I going to go with? I'm going to go with the person that I know is going to be here longer. Right. Like if you're upfront, but I'm the same as you, like, I hate lying because it is like such a huge part of my life. Like, this is just who, like, this is our lifestyle. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's hard right. because then if you don't share that and you're not open about it, then you feel like, you're hiding something and like you can't talk about that aspect of your life at work. Yeah. And you don't, I mean, you don't, you never want to be deceitful. Like you never go into a situation hoping to be, you know, hoping to lie and hoping to be deceitful about it. But you know, it's difficult because you know, that's something like in, in all reality, hockey isn't forever. And you know, if you want to have a career after that, it's good to have experience in the meantime So it's just like, I feel like I'm always being pulled in two different directions. I'm like, Mm -hmm. well, you know, I want to tell the truth, but I also really need the job for my resume. And um, (laughs) for me, like being career oriented, my, you know, I really struggle when I don't, when I'm not working, like mentally and emotionally, I really have a hard time. You mentioned also that you kind of started receiving like some negative messages on Instagram and how this affected your self-esteem. And first of all, I'm just so sorry that that happened. That was I'm assuming very painful to read rude messages on Instagram. And it's, you know, it's crazy that there's just trolls that sit behind their computer and like to say rude things. But what was your experience like with that? So, um, I mean, I had kind of, when I was in high school, I, you know, I, I acted and I auditioned for, you know, commercials. I did, did a couple and stuff. And, and I always knew that I wanted to have, you know, some kind of creativity in my life. So, I kind of found modeling towards the end of um, my college career. And, you know, then I 
I graduated and, you know, once my relationship started, I, I just felt like, I don't know if it was, if it's like jealousy or just, you know, keyboard warriors, but I was still trying to keep up modeling and have a career and have a relationship. And I just mentally, I just completely spiraled because, um, you know, I had always gotten like with an, you know, an Instagram account, you're always going to get people who send you rude messages, but this at times, like I had the same person making like 10 to 20 Instagram accounts to message me from. And it was like every day I woke up and I was just like, what is it today? Like, what is it going to be? And so that I just, I just really started struggling with, um, a lot of depression and anxiety when it came to social media, because, you know, I've never really cared what people thought but then it's like okay you're targeting like my worthiness of being in a relationship you're targeting my worthiness of being in a career and it just felt really really personal and I'd never had that kind of negative feedback before you know like I've gotten people commenting on my looks since you know I was in middle school like high school and then college like that that didn't really phase me but when it was just like you know, like you're like a disgusting person. Like I remember getting a message like that, like you are a disgusting person. And that just, just like ripped me apart because I was like, but you don't know me. Like you don't know me. And I was like trying to defend myself, like to people that I didn't even know, like who they were. But for some reason I felt like they had a stake in like my worthiness. And I, it was just, it was really, really like hard on it it was really hard like I try and you know I'm glad that like I seeked out mental health resources and you know I kind of took a step back from social media for a bit because I was really suffering like at the hands of people who thought that they had like a stake in my life and my happiness and my relationship and um I'm sure that other girls have um you know especially in this career profession and they've dealt with the same things but it, it, it just like came as a surprise. I didn't, I didn't expect that to come with like a new relationship. That I'm just so sorry that that happened. That is, that disgusts me. And it shows more about that person than it does about you. Like the fact that they have the time to sit around and make 20 different Instagram accounts just to send you insanely rude messages is disturbing. Like clearly they have way too much time on their hands and it just doesn't even make sense, like, why someone would feel that they need to do that. Yeah, it's never, I mean, it's never, that is the biggest downside of social media, is that people see a social media account, um, and they automatically assume that they know this person, that they know, um, you know, what's inside their heart, and they know their morals, and all this, but it's such a snapshot of our lives, and a snapshot of who we are. It it's yeah. not a defining, like Instagram is never the defining factor in someone's personality or someone's life. But I mean, it can really be a source of a lot of negativity. And when, you know, you can hide your identity, it's, it's even easier to say what you would never say to someone's face. Totally. What are some ways that you were able to like overcome, you know, these issues? Um, I mean, to be completely honest, I, I do still struggle sometimes. Like I'm, this is a, a, like a good, a blessing and a curse, but I have a a very, very good memory. I have like a photographic memory. So I can picture the, I can picture the messages and I can like feel how I felt in that moment, like opening it and just, you know, it was just like a stab in Mm -hmm. the back. Um, 
And so I do still struggle sometimes with that because, you know, I still, I still get nasty messages and, um, you know, not as much as, you know, I was, but I still get them. Um, I really utilized, um, online therapy. It was very helpful to find, um, you know, a therapist who I used better help. I really like that site. Oh, I've um, heard of that. Yeah. It's, it's honestly amazing. Um, I really utilized it. It really helped me. Um, I, how, do, how does that work? Sorry to interrupt you, but. Oh, you're fine. So you just go up, uh, go up, you go on and you <laughs> sign up for an account and you kind of like, you give, um, you know, what you're struggling with, what you're looking for, um, from a confidant and they'll match you, um, with a therapist. Like if you prefer, you know, a younger woman or an older man, like they'll match you with someone like that. And then, um, you can have Skype, uh, sessions. You can do, you know, just audio and then you have unlimited access to messaging, which is really nice. Um, that's amazing. Cause that's something, yeah, I think that's something that's hard with, um, just like traditional therapy is you have like your weekly session and then that's it. And, you know, sometimes I'd like have something run through my head and I'd be like, okay, I, I really mm-hmm. need some support uh, mm-hmm. with this. Um, but that's something I really took advantage of. Honestly, I just had to ride it out. Like it was just a huge period of growth for me because, I think I just kind of had an aha moment where I was like, is this who I want to be? Is this who I, is this the kind of person that I want to be where my, you know, my personality and my heart are so fragile that people can destroy it with one message? Like that's not, that's not the kind of person that I want to be. So I just had to focus on things that made me feel like me really, which was, um, you know, having a good connection with my family you know, reconnecting with supportive friends. And, um, I think that especially this season, I really found a great community of girls who, I mean, now I can't imagine my lives without them, but like being able to open up and be like, this is what I've gone through. And, you know, I'm struggling with this and for them to share their own experiences. So truly, I think that finding that community is probably what really, um, kind of increased my progress because I felt like I finally had girls that I could relate to. They understood, um, the hockey lifestyle. They understood, you know, what I've gone through. Like Mason's best friend's fiance. She's been like, since day one of meeting her, she's been, um, like she understands they've been together for a long time. She just has like, which is someone I connected with right away. And so finding that community, but also like utilizing mental health resources was really helpful. Um, and I went vegan that for like the third time that also helped. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I'm, first of all, I'm glad you found that, that hockey community. Cause that's so important. I think like it is such a particular lifestyle that like it's, it's so helpful to have friends that are also going through the same thing. Um, and also, yeah, I just love that you kind of utilized your resources, like you said, and I, it's funny because I've heard of that so many times and it's like, it goes off in my head because I have anxiety. And I think like part of, for me is like being over in Europe, I think like, well, I don't really want to go to like a therapist over here because it's just so different, you know, like there's like a language barrier and stuff like that. So I'm definitely going to look into that because I think it just, it sounds like that would be really helpful in times. And like you said, like if you're in person, sometimes you don't have something going on when you go to therapy, but then you have something going on when you're not in your therapy. So that's cool that you're able to like reach out to them at any time really to talk. 
Yeah, 100%. And like, I mean, I still really struggle with um, anxiety. So I uh, understand the pain of it because it really just makes like simple situations very different. Um, So I understand your struggle, but it is really nice to have like a neutral third party. And I personally think that regardless of, you know, whether you feel like you have it all together or not, therapy is something that everybody should utilize. Totally. you know, where do you get that, that third party, that neutral guidance? Because, you know, your friends, they're on your side. They're going to, they are going to give you biased opinions. Mm -hmm. So it's good to have somebody who is like, you know what, this is, we'll just lay it all on the table. This is a safe space. Some people get like a bad taste in their mouth with therapy. Like they think it's like, there's the stigma attached to it, which I just year after year is I think like mental health is becoming more of a topic that people discuss. Whereas it was like, I don't want to say taboo, but like, do you know what I mean? Like back, yes, like five years ago, people were like hiding this a lot more, like if they were struggling. So I think it's like really cool that in a way, like with social media, that people are able to share a little bit more, like when things are going on, people will go to one therapist and be like, that wasn't for me, like, because they didn't connect with like that therapist. And then they're, they, they're scared to go back. Right. But like, I don't know. I think sometimes it, it's okay to like keep trying people out because I really think you could only benefit from going and talking to someone. Yeah, I agree. And I think that stigma around mental health probably contributed to to struggling. And and honestly, it's contributed to some of my friends struggling who I find out, you know, later on that they really struggle with, you know, depression and anxiety. And And it's like, when you talk about it, I feel like still to this day, sometimes people look at you differently. And, um, like, especially when I was really going through the thick of it, um, you know, I, I've been my support system, you know, since I graduated high school, like I've put myself, I put myself through university. I am putting myself through my master's program. Like I've only really ever had like myself to rely on, which has been, you know, something that I've had to work on being in a relationship, but I had this idea. I was like, I can do it by myself. Like I've gotten here. I've accomplished a lot. I can do it all on my own. I don't need to connect with other people. I don't need to seek resources. And that is a very dangerous mindset to have because Mm -hmm. you're isolating yourself for no reason. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think like sometimes people feel like they're a burden for sharing that. Like it's heavy and 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 they don't want to burden people. But when you keep it inside and you just try to like tackle it on your own, sometimes it can build up and that's when you like totally explode. Yeah. And then I, and and that is something like for having good friends, you want to make sure that like a testament of a good friend is someone where no matter what you bring them, they are going to be accepting and they're not going to be like, Oh great. What is it now? Because Mm -hmm. I did have people in my life where it was like, what is it now? Clarity? Like, Mm -hmm. what do you have to talk about? And it just made me feel so much shame in you know, what I was going through, because especially with getting like negative messages, people would be like, ignore them, just ignore them. I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, it's easier. It's easier said than done. All right. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Like we're human. Like that's going to affect us. <laughs> yeah. And especially when you're like a young woman, you're very, you're still very moldable. Um, and so is your mind. So it's, it's hard to have that all at once where it's like you don't know who you are and then you know you're struggling with some mental health thing and you're pushing people away and it's just like professional help is the best thing that you can do in that situation for sure so like what has your personal growth looked like over the years from the beginning of this hockey lifestyle till now I think at the beginning honestly I I mean I can confess that I actually did believe in the stereotype of like the typical 
like hockey wife where it's just like, you know, it's negative. And, and so I had, I had a really hard time connecting with um, the other girls on the team at first because I was like, well, I don't like, I don't need this community because I'm doing stuff on my own. And, um, and so, you know, I did like I came in with with a negative mindset and then you know the more that I started to isolate myself the more that I struggled and you know finally uh, over like the summer of um when we had first uh started dating so I guess you know we'd been together for five or six months that's when I you know wanted to seek personal help uh, or professional help I mean and um and then honestly, I, I continued to struggle into the next season. Um, and that's where, you know, this, the community of girls just completely changed for me. Um, and that really changed, you know, the struggles that I was having in hockey life, because I didn't want to resent, um, my fiance because, uh, you know, like I, I sacrificed for him and I gave mm-hmm. up my career for him. I didn't want that. And I think that's, you know, as, as like a hockey girlfriend or a hockey wife, you have to sacrifice in order to make this relationship work because, I mean, in the long run, they don't choose where they go. So they don't have control over this. It's, you know, all up to the team and the politics and, and everything else. So that resentment, like, will make or break a relationship. Um, and I started to... I just started to kind of realize these things about myself that I didn't like and I didn't want to be the kind of person that I was becoming that, you know, had resentment and, you know, that felt like this victim mentality. And so, um, I mean, I was still, once I had, you know, started working at the next law firm, it was a little bit better. And then COVID happened and, you know, you're alone with your thoughts all the time. And, this really, the beginning of quarantine made me confront these issues that I had been having, um, head on where I had to be like, you know what? I, if I don't deal with these things now, I am not going to have a happy life because they are completely blocking me from letting happiness into my life and being open. Um, cause I was just so shut down, like spiritually, emotionally. Um, and so I just started you know, getting to know myself better. I got more into, um, you know, personal development, journaling, meditating, um, yoga, you know, whatever your religious affiliation is. Like I consider myself very spiritual. So, um, you know, just trying to have more open connections with, you know, God and the universe. And, um, that, that is really where my personal growth took off. And then, um, since I got back to the States, I, I had always kind of struggled with this idea that I can't have it all. Like I can have a happy hockey relationship or I can have a successful career. And that is BS. Like it really is. Um, And I think that I kind of, I had to make the decision where I was like, you know what? I can have it all and I deserve to have it all. So, you know, I just have to make it happen for myself. And that was so empowering. So I really feel like I've been in this like state of empowerment for, um, you know, about three months now, just where I'm like, I can, like, I can call in these (laughs) things to myself. If I just put in the work and I'm disciplined and I stop whining and stop having this little victim mentality that life is happening to me and start creating the life that I actually want. I love that. That was literally so beautifully worded and, yeah, that just, you're a strong person for like realizing, okay, like I don't want to be like this and actually doing the work, you know, because I think that's hard to take that first step. 
And I know you mentioned you were doing like meditation and journaling and stuff like that. Are you like a big habits person? Yes, I am a very type A personality when it comes to a routine. So okay. I wake What's up your routine? My, yeah. Okay. So this is honestly something that like that I love and loved about Mason from the beginning because we connected on the fact that we're both so routine oriented and, you know, we believe in, you know, taking the time for your mental health and all that uh, fun stuff. But I wake up at 530 every morning. Um, oh my gosh, girl. <laughs> I'm just crazy. such a morning. I'm just such a morning person. Like, but then it turns eight o'clock, and I'm like in my jammies, and I'm ready to go to bed. And <laughs> you're like, okay, good night now. Yeah, I'll like I am a grandmother. Even like my fiance is like, Clarity, you can't go to bed at eight thirty. I'm like, who's stopping me? Just yeah. go in the other room. You and- are preparing yourself to be a mom. That's what you're I doing. <laughs> I really am. And our dog is the same way. Like at eight thirty, she like crawls into her kennel and she's like, "Good night, everybody." <laughs> That's so funny. Sorry, I totally, um, totally cut you off there, but. <laughs> oh, you're completely fine. Um, So yeah, so I wake up at 5.30 and then um, depending on how awake I am, this this routine goes a little quicker or slower. Um, but I, I like to just open my planner and I plan out my day. Um, and I was like meditating and doing yoga in the morning, but I found it more beneficial to do it at night. Um, so I I go to the gym in the morning. Um, it's just easier for me. It helps me get all my energy out. And then I start my work day, um, usually around, you know, 10 or so. And that's kind of what the day looks like for me going between, you know, working and scheduling things and, um, you know, also taking time for like my personal life, um, which will be easier when like my fiance and dog are here because then we can go for walks and do, more outdoors things, but, and then, you know, about an hour before I go to sleep, I get off of my computer and I'm getting better at not using my phone as much at night. Um, but I do like a stretching yoga and then I meditate for, um, about 10 minutes and, um, just try and like sit in a state of gratitude for, for those 10 minutes. Um, in the mornings, I'll also try and do gratitude journaling. I think it's really important to like start your day off, um, in a state of like, wow, like, thank you, you know, higher power, whatever you call to, or if you call to anything at all, like, thank you for all these blessings in my life. Um, because I mean, how can you be unhappy when you're just like, thank you for letting me wake up for another day. Like, I'm so grateful for this, you know, breath of life. And, um, yeah, that, I mean, that's pretty much what my, my morning looks like. I really think like going to bed and waking up at the same time has really helped me. I'm sure that's like so beneficial to do that, especially like what the world is going through right now, because I feel like everybody just feels so like all over the place. Like just, it's just a heavy year, you know? So I think to have that structure is really awesome. And yeah, just having a gratitude practice, because I think that kind of gets put on the back burner sometimes when you feel like all these things are going wrong in the world. And, you know, like it's, it's just, that's, that's important to, to remember to do that. Yeah, no, 100%. And I think that like you're, you're on point. It has been a very heavy year and I'm not saying that like every morning I get up and I'm like, wow, amazing. I'm so excited to, to go through my day. Like sometimes I wake up and I feel heavy and it just takes a conscious effort and being nice to myself, being like, you know what? It's okay. It's all right. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, to have a down day, it's okay to have more of a relaxed day. You you don't need to be firing on all cylinders at all times. And (laughs) I think that's actually something that's, um, kind of destructive in the personal development genre, like books, podcasts, is that you have people who 
look like they have their lives together who are saying that like you can't have an off day like you can't you know be sad and that's that's not that's not right like it's life is always going to be up and down and you have to have grace with yourself because we have grace with others we allow people um you know we're accepting of them if they're struggling or that but then we don't have that same kind of grace towards ourselves mm-hmm. wow i just like felt that <laughs> i think like we, you should treat yourself how you treat like your best friend right like you you're not gonna freak out on your best friend if they make like a mistake or like they don't you know, they have a bad day, but it's like you, like we shame ourselves sometimes and we feel even like, I don't know if you feel this way too, but even just social media, like, it's like, you can have a bad day. It's like, but then the next day you have to wake up and everything's good and everything's okay. It's like, no, like sometimes it's like, it's not like that. Like you, you're, you're in a funk or whatever. Like I certainly have gone through that. I've been very open about that on the podcast, but it's like, I don't know. There's just like sometimes a shame that like, yeah, like you said, everybody has to have it all together and not everybody is that's preaching that actually has it all together. Right. Yeah. I think, I think that's very true. And that is, you know, one of the dangers of social media. It's that we get on and we see everybody living their perfect lives with their perfect skin and their perfect everything. And we're like, why, why do I not have that? Like, Mm -hmm. why is that not there? But that is not realistic. And that's also not what's going on. Like there is not one person that has this perfect life where every day they get up and everything goes their way. That's just, it's so unrealistic to have that expectation. And like, like you said, I don't go to my friends and I'm like, have you had a great day? Because you should be having a great day every day. <laughs> like, like a freaking crazy person. And, <laughs> but I do that to myself. I'm like, get, like, get it together. I, yeah. and you know, and I'd never tell that to my loved ones. I yeah. I'd never say that. Like, I'm not going to, you know, yeah. Like, are you kidding me? Get it together today. All right. You're being lazy. Get up. <laughs> and, but we have that like with ourselves. And I definitely like, I, you know, I don't want to wallow in my feelings where, you know, I'm like, I have no control over my life and this is this, like things happen and that, and you're, you have to process that in whatever way you process that. But there is always a better day to come. That's how I, I like to think of it. Like I'm grateful for, you know, what I have. And I'm also grateful for the blessings that are on their way to me. That's a great mantra to repeat also as an, as an affirmation. I try and repeat that every day. (laughs) I love that. And do you find that like, if you skip a day of journaling versus like a day that you do journal and you're like, I am grateful to like be here and you know, I'm grateful and you like list things like that. Do you find that you can like take things that go wrong in your day more easily? Like if you weren't to journal that morning? Yeah. I think that, um, you know, even just five minutes, like that's honestly how much time sometimes I'll, I'll take where it's just, I list off five, you know, points of gratitude and then five affirmations for the day. And that's good for me, but you carry those into your mind. Like that's how you're setting up your day. And so when I do stray from my routine or I get lazy and I don't do my journaling, I don't, I don't handle things as, as good. And I, I, sometimes I'll find myself slipping back into the victim mentality and it's like, Oh great. Like what's next. And then it's like, I'm sending that out and you know, mm-hmm. what's next is also not good. So get yeah, ready. you're putting it out in the universe. And then it's like, like you are the energy that you, or what's that phrase? Oh shoot. I'm going to butcher this pregnancy brain. It's like, you <laughs> are, you are the energy that you 
put out there. Like you're going to receive yeah. that back if you're putting out all this negative energy. Like I feel like that's going to keep coming in as opposed to if you had like more of a positive mindset or you're able to take things more with like a grain of salt, I guess, than like really like taking it to heart and like super personally when things go wrong. Yeah. And I feel like um, also, you know, working on being super reactive, like I am a very reactive and impulsive person and, you know, I'll have like these big emotional reactions right away where I haven't like processed the situation at all. I haven't, you know, thought through what I want to say. And then I like, I look back and I just like have so much regret because I obviously mishandled this situation. Um, And so being able to have like a more balanced view of your day where, you know, okay, like this, you know, this negative thing has come into my life, but you know, I'm, you know, calling out for more positive experiences moving forward. And I think that, um, what you said is a great point of, you have to be careful with the people you surround yourself with. Um, because there are like energy suckers out there who just like feed off of your positive energy and they'll just make you feel so negative and drained. And, and that's the, you know, that's a good sign that, you know, maybe you shouldn't spend so much time around that person. But, um, you like, I like that saying where it's like, you are a combination of the five people that you spend the most Mm -hmm. time with. And, you know, yeah. Yeah. And sometimes you look at that and you're like, you know what, maybe I just need to distance myself from this person because they don't fit the energy that I'm trying to attract. But you know, that doesn't mean you have to just be like, screw you. See you (laughs) never again. Like it's okay to still have those relationships. You can have a boundary where you're like, okay, this isn't like healthy, you know? Right. Yeah. Boundaries are um, something that I'm really working on because I have a hard time like saying, no, this is not okay for me. And um, like, I'm very, I am very giving, like I do anything for the people that I care about. And there are people who really take advantage of people like that. And so Mm -hmm. you have to be careful. You have to, you know, listen to your gut and listen to your intuition. So what is next for you guys this coming season? Um, well, it looks like uh, as of right now, we'll be back in Connecticut. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm excited to see everybody from there. Um, but you know, you really never know. I think that's like, I, first of all, I knew nothing about hockey when I met my fiance. Um, (laughs) I'm just like, not really a big sports girl to like it to be completely honest. So I don't really, (laughs) yeah, I was like, I don't really, I don't understand how these things are not. What is this? Yeah. I'm still like, um, yeah. One of my good girlfriends that I met like through this past season, she played hockey and I'd be like, what is, what is this? Why are there only three people here? What does this line mean? And she's like, Oh my God. Like (laughs) I can't keep explaining this to you. Yeah. It's confusing. I, I never went to a game either before I met my husband. So I think it's pretty fun to watch, but I don't always know what I'm watching. Like if something happens, I'm like, Oh, what does that penalty mean? No idea. Yeah. Yeah. It is really hard to understand if, especially like I'm not an athlete. And so I don't really understand like how team sports work in general. Um, but like my fiance, he's an enforcer. So, you know, he's been, you know, fighting since, um, you know, he was young, young. And, uh, so that those are the parts that I really like. I really like watching the fights. They're very Do fun. you? Yes. I actually, I'm like one of those people where I'm like, this is great. Like I'm standing <laughs> up and cheering and everything. And my friends are like, clo- they close their eyes if anything happens. And I'm like, this is the best part of the game. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I, so I kind of used to be like, I mean, I wasn't like cheering, but I was like, 
okay, like, this is, like, kind of entertaining that, like, he's in a fight right now. But then once he started getting hurt and then I see him fight, I'm like, this needs to end. <laughs> like, yeah. please stop. I do not want to, like, because then they're hurt and then you have to take care of them. And I'm like, I know that sounds selfish, but it's a lot of work when you come home and you're injured all the time. <laughs> yeah, that is the one thing, like, um, it was, you know, near the beginning of the season and they were in Canada playing some of the teams up there and uh he got into a fight early on in the game and then somebody um high sticked him in the nose uh and broke his nose and this is like the third time his nose has been broken and this is like the first time it's been broken since um you know I started dating him but he's like yep and you know another broken nose and he just sends me a picture of him smiling with his bloody nose and his black eyes with no context (laughs) I'm like really? I call him and he's like, can't answer the phone. I'm, you know, in the training room, I guess it's called. Yeah. And I was like, what, what is going on? Like, give me some context. Why do why they do that? Look like why this. do they do that? My husband's on that too. He'll just send me a picture with no, like nothing to go with it. I'm like, are you okay? Like what happened? What's going on? It's like, then he just doesn't respond. I'm like, hello. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm like, are you not going to play? Like, are you, and this is like one thing about my fiance is that he has the highest pain tolerance in the world. Like this, like those games with the broken nose and everything, like it, it didn't do him any good for his body. He didn't miss one game. Like, <laughs> it's like, you're all right. And then he, you know, come home and he'd lay down. He's like, oh, my body's so sore. I'm like, yeah, I wonder why. Yeah, you're like, I don't want to hear it. <laughs> I'm like, you're choosing this, all right? Yeah. You are choosing this. But, exactly. you know, besides that, there hasn't been a, you know, a serious injury since we've been together. But um, I, mean, <laughs> I hope I, it stays that way for you. <laughs> I know, me too. But I'm, you know, ready for another exciting season because I do love watching him play. There's like, there's just something about getting to watch the person that you love do the thing that they love. I mean, that's really, that is like the greatest blessing of the hockey world. Yeah. And I think like, I mean, just going back to like the fact that you're moving back there, it's nice to go back to a familiar place. And I, and I am definitely someone that like, I get kind of stir crazy being in the same place. Like even in Boise in the summer, when we're there for like five or six months, I'm like, all right, I'm ready to go. Like, where are we going now? You know? Cause I'm just like, I get bored and it's kind of fun to move around, especially just because this is really the only time before like hockey's over that, you know, you can really do that. Yeah, exactly. And it's fun, like exploring the places around because I'd never lived, you know, anywhere near the East coast. And then, you know, it's like a day trip to Boston and to Rhode Island and to all these cool places. And, um, I think that that was probably the coolest part about, um, living in Connecticut is just its close proximity to all these other States. Yeah. Yeah. That would be fun to be able to do all that. How far is it from New York? Um, well, because we got engaged in New York City, which was my first time I'd ever been there. Um, and we took the train and it was about a two hour train ride, I'd say really easy. Yes, it's just, it was great. I know that like a lot of people, um, because we asked, we're like, should we drive or should we take the train? And they're like, take the train. Also, you guys (laughs) drive a lift, like you have a lifted truck, like you can't drive a lifted truck in New York City. Yeah, and you'd probably be in, like, hours of traffic, and by the time you got there, it'd be, like, six hours. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, and, uh, you know, we could have missed important things. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, you were, on a, you were on a time crunch. He had plans. He had bigger plans. Yeah, even though I had no idea, I was like, today we will go for a boat ride around the Statue of Liberty, and I was like, I think we'll do it, like, on Sunday, and he's like, no, I would like to do it on our one-year anniversary. I was like, oh, okay, well, that's fine, I guess. <laughs> 
not suspicious at all. <laughs> yeah, really, I didn't suspect it. Even like my friends are like, "Do you think he's gonna do it?" I'm like, "Honestly, no. Like, I I don't think so." Um, I just we haven't really like we haven't you know talked about anything specific. He hasn't like done anything that's like a dead giveaway. Like oh, well, make sure you look like this. And I really wish he would have because I wore my least favorite outfit that day. <laughs> just a little hint. Just tell me to yeah, get I'm my like, nails done or something. Yeah, I did. I did get my nails done just, you know, for the trip. But I was like, I didn't even like, I had like day three hair. I'm like, you couldn't have been like, hey, maybe you should wash your hair. Yeah, <laughs> that might give it completely away though. <laughs> yeah, true. Because <laughs> you would never say that. <laughs> it's funny with trips though, because I feel like that's friends are always like that. They're like, oh, are, are they going to propose? Like anytime you go on a trip and you're like just boyfriend, girlfriend, you know? And it's like, it's just funny. But that's yeah. like, those, I feel like those are always like fun times to get engaged because then you can like celebrate after and, you know, you're yeah. in a fun city. Yeah, and like we we went with two other hockey couples, like uh, his best friend, his fiance, and then um his best friend's brother who plays for uh in the in the Vancouver uh Canucks, Canucks. yeah Canucks organization and his um girlfriend, and they actually got engaged five hours after us. It was so cool. Like no now we way. have this. Yeah, we were just like, this is the most romantic trip in the world. <laughs> so did they? Did the other guy know that you guys were getting engaged too? Um, I don't know. Well, but yeah, I mean, they've been together for like party. <laughs> yeah, it really was. It was just so fun to celebrate. And it was just like crazy being like, yeah, this is my boy fiance. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's like such a, it takes a while to like switch that over. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Even now I'm like my boy, my, my fiance. Um. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. Well, where can people find you on Instagram? Um, so you can find me at, uh, it's just clarity <laughs> underscore angle. Um, it's just my personal account. It's mostly like modeling pictures, which, you know, disclaimer, I don't look like that the majority of the time. So, um, uh, yeah, I don't, I mean, honestly, I really don't have like any other big social media accounts. Um, but you know, if you want to connect with me on LinkedIn, I am trying <laughs> to revamp my LinkedIn page. So Yes, that's that's the first time I've ever heard this on this podcast. So I am here for the LinkedIn. <laughs> yeah, I love it. My uh, my graduate advisor was like, "So how does your LinkedIn profile look?" I'm like, "I don't know. Do you want to like look and uh, give me some feedback?" And he's like, "Clarity, this is awful. Like, have you even tried to work on this?" I'm like, "No, I haven't." What does a so, good LinkedIn look like? I mean, I'm really you have curious. to have. It's like you have to have this like visually pleasing, you know, professional picture, and then a good header that like you know, describe something you like. Like I made mine an ocean theme because I like to go to the ocean, I guess. Uh, <laughs> go to the beach. So if anyone Where has any questions, like feel free to message me because I have now read like five things from the Harvard Business School about how to have an aesthetically pleasing LinkedIn and resume, um, which, you know, <laughs> I'd love to share if you need. <laughs> this is like, honestly, kind of new news to me. I didn't even know like you could make your LinkedIn organized. I... I don't really use it. I just get random emails. that's like, hi, Devin, I'd like to connect with you on LinkedIn. I'm just like, how did you find me? I don't even know because I don't go on this. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. Honestly, I didn't know, you know, either, especially because, um, you know, in the long run, I want to have a career in international politics. Like that's what I'm, you know, going yeah. to school for policy advising. Um, I'll get my PhD after my master's program. And um, 
you know, utilizing that to like make meaningful connections with people who you can learn from and also, you know, collaborate with in the future. Like that's, that's the most important thing about LinkedIn. And apparently if you have an ugly LinkedIn page, people are less likely to connect with you. So (laughs) take notes, people. (laughs) Yeah. Work on your LinkedIn page and um, you should be wearing sleeves in your profile picture, which is something I had to change because I was wearing a dress. Okay. Good to know. (laughs) (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.